0: Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Welcome to the show. Happy Monday morning. Hopefully you're enjoying your post-Valentine's Day hangover or whatever that is. If you're listening to the show, it might sound a little different today. If you're watching the show, it looks a little different today because Mello and I got snowed in on Sunday. Uh, Our work-from-home packages will be here Thursday, which is a perfect way to plug our presenting sponsor, Manscaped, because that is also your work-from-home package i don't know That's all
1: inappropriate inappropriate
0: <laughs> two what guys 20 save 20 percent off and i don't Paige. i know they keep sending you the stuff they're sending us i don't know what you're doing with it but i put the cologne on today did a little workout okay took a shower put the cologne on my girlfriend from the other room was like what is that why do you smell so good so it the cologne smells, also a home run hitter
1: it smells so good i opened the box and i was like oh here's something that like I could potentially give away without it being super creepy. Um, and being like, Hey, shave everything for me. Um, so I, I smelled it and it smells really good. So would recommend 10 out of 10. It's something that I'd be attracted to for sure on someone else besides Matt Mello, of course.
2: Just start spraying it on first day. It's like, Hey, I'm sure you have something on, but like, <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> now it's going to help. This is going to help. Yeah, that'll work. Deal. That'll So today on the show, we're going to run through what's
0: happening in the world of sports and mostly sports today. We're going to kind of be on topic because it is one day after Valentine's Day. We're going to give you our draft crushes for the 2021 draft class. And then we're going to answer some of y'all's questions with a little hashtag paging to guys. Don't forget, you can send those in anytime. You don't have to wait till Sunday. Just use the hashtag and we'll throw them in there throughout the week. So we've plugged the things we need to plug. Let's talk about people that we don't like. Karen <laughs> Lombardi, the daughter of the person who is like the carver of the trophy. I don't even
1: Yeah, like this, the, the silver I name. know that's not
0: her real name. That's yes, real we
1: name. just call her Karen the Lombardi. The person
0: who created the first Lombardi trophy. His daughter is so upset that Tom Brady threw the trophy to Cameron Bray from boat to boat that she is literally losing sleep this like i just have a big problem with the this is that our society is allowing things like this like number one how does she get a platform to tell us that she's losing sleep over watching this like not everybody needs a megaphone this is one of those times like i don't want to hear it like yeah let's just not do it right like oh you're upset cool like whichever outlet and i know that like it's slow news day whatever outlet was like you know what this is a story we're gonna alert this like somebody needs slapped we need to revisit our priorities when there's there's got to be something better going on in the world than than the fact that this lady's mad that tom brady who has seven of these things by the way tossed one like five feet i'm not gonna lie i've done that with a baby okay it's fine so
1: (laughs) oh my god
0: Mello's laughing he caught him so exactly it's fine (laughs) right (laughs) who will probably walk in any second so uh just wait for if you see a mullet walk behind me it's Emmett. so yeah i don't understand the big deal just like throwing the dirt in
2: his head it's fine i think it's just like we as a society just everybody's mad about something now and we're letting people talk into microphones about it (laughs) like we are Right now, but I, I don't understand it. It's not like it was dented or, or bent up or anything <laughs> like that. It didn't sink to the bottom of the ocean. It's fine. They caught it. Who yeah. cares? Like, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers haven't come out and been like, hey, guys, don't do that again. Like, if you can get your hands on the trophy, do whatever the hell you want with it.
1: Well, and that was my thing. Didn't Gronk already break A Lombardi trophy once, like he already did that. So that's already happened. And people celebrate with trophies all the time. The other thing that I tweeted about was like the Duke Mayo bowl, the like, it was a glass ball and it was shattered. And I was like, think about how that person feels who made that trophy. Like that one actually broke. Like, Oh my God. Like, Get over it. Like, that was just like the most pathetic. Like, I've lost serious sleep over it. I was like, honey, if that is what you are losing (laughs) sleep over, God bless you. Bless your heart because that is not something to lose sleep over. And it's not something I would lose sleep over. They were having a good time. And trust me, There are other trophies like the Stanley Cup that gets used in different ways that are more abused than that trophy. So I just think it was a weird thing. Like you said, I'm surprised that somebody even like had the interview with her and wanted to talk to her about this. I just thought it was very strange. And I wonder how that all came about if she like reached out and was like, I'm very upset. I would like to talk about it to like the local news.
2: She calls That's the just, local news, like, I have a story for, for you. you. You heard about this Tom Brady guy and what he did? Hey. The news is like, yeah, he won his seventh Super Bowl. And she's like, no, he threw the damn trophy. We need to talk about it. Newscaster's and- like, fuck it, let's go. We've got nothing. Yeah, else to right?
0: Play. Right? Newscaster's a Chiefs fan. He's like, you know what? Fuck Tom Brady. You're right. Yeah, let's, throw let's, the trophy.
1: let's get people mad. Right?
0: right? <laughs> I Me, mean, I like with the Stanley Cup where it's like everyone gets their day with it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you could like take it to your hometown or whatever. Like they should have the Lombardi trophy. Like you get your day. What are you going to do with it?
1: Yeah. I forget who it was. There was like an NBA player or coach that said like he had like sex with the, the finals trophy in his bed before. Um, so yeah, I don't That's know. Flex. i mean- Yeah, I just think that trophies are they're for celebrations. So, I don't know. I don't see anything (laughs) wrong with chucking it. And it was fine. And worst case scenario, like, someone's going to dive in after it. It's not going to go to the bottom. Like, they'll get it. And it's water. It'll be fine.
0: Right? Exactly. It's not like they threw it over a flaming pit of lava where it would have (laughs) melted and be like, oh, which, by the way, they make a couple of them every year. It's like it's the one and only. It's not. They didn't make this trophy 55 years ago, and it gets passed from team to team, like there's like seven of them running around each year. Like let's calm the fuck down. I don't understand people uh, work from home day. A lot of F words. My apologies. We'll, we'll all try to clean it up. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Marcus Mariota uh, sounds like the Las Vegas Raiders backup quarterback is on the trade market. And a lot of teams are interested. I wrote in my mock draft that came out a couple of days ago that I really think new England will make a play for Marcus Mariota. He's due $11 million this year. And I think there are multiple suitors. We haven't seen Carson Wentz traded as of Sunday afternoon. That market seems to be drying up a little bit. Sam Darnold's still a Jet as of now. Deshaun Watson's still a Texan as of now. So you start to look around at, like, who's actually available Marcus Mariota might be pretty high on that list.
1: Yeah, we should say as of when we recorded this podcast, because when this stuff comes yeah. out there's someone that could could possibly be traded. But Sunday I was just, at
0: 515.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I was curious what your guys's evaluation of like him as a draft prospect and how his career path has gone and if it was how you sort of expected and what you think his potential is kind of moving forward with a different team.
0: So he was pretty early in my career. Um, The year that he came out, what was it, 2012? Like I had just started at at BR uh, Mm -hmm. back when he was drafted. So um, I liked him a lot, but it was at that time he fit what the league wanted. You know, it's like he doesn't have the biggest arm, but he's such a good athlete. He was really accurate. I think he just kind of got in a bad situation in Tennessee where he was never bad. He was just never good. And I, I think you know once we saw that offense change a little bit it took off with Ryan Tannehill but I never felt like Mariota was a bust I don't know people might disagree because he was the number two pick Mm -hmm. but Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions you know two years ago that's bad Mariota never did that he was just he was super consistent he was reliable I think he's a lot like an Alex Smith-type quarterback. He's going to be as good as what you put around him, but he's not hes not going to lose you games, but he's not going to win them either. So if a team like Chicago or the, the Patriots, someone like that, who, okay, we have a good defense, we can run the ball a little bit. I think he, when you're faced with Marcus Mariota or Mac Jones, like those might be your decisions at quarterback, I think a lot of teams would take Mariota, especially in the short term, because he's only 27 years old. And and so there's, I think there's still room and Ryan Tannehill definitely changed a lot of opinions. So I think there's a chance Mariota does that too.
2: And when Mariota came in here, he played pretty well too. So I think that's, what's really buying him some interest from teams. Like I, I think the Patriots are a team that would probably take a, a chance on him. You probably don't have to give up too much to get him. Get what, I think he has one year left on his deal and it's, mm-hmm. it's not that much money. So I, I think there are some teams and, Matt, it's something we talked about on a radio show this last week. There Actually, there aren't very many good quarterbacks in the NFL. I know every team likes to pretend like their guy is good, but there are a lot of teams out there shopping for new quarterbacks, and I think Marcus Mariota might get another chance next season, and you can probably get him pretty cheap away from Las Vegas. I also went brain dead. He was drafted in 15, not 12,
0: so –
1: Yeah. I was going to say, because um, he actually lost to the Arizona Wildcats at Arizona um, when I was a senior, no big deal, but they were like the number five team in the country and we beat them. It's it's no, not a big deal. I wasn't going to bring it up until you mentioned that, but you know, got to, but uh, something else that was going around is this tweet about Steph and KD that if there were 0.8 seconds left on the clock, who would you want taking the shot for you? And Matt, I know you're not a big NBA guy, but I'm curious what like your initial reaction to that is. And Melo, I want to hear your answer to this as well.
0: So not a huge NBA guy, but a gigantic Texas guy. And I think KD is one of the greatest shooters ever, but Steph Curry's the answer. And like Thank you. Steph Curry is probably the greatest shooter of all time, right? If you told me it was like, hey, you could have Steph or Reggie Miller. I'm still going to take Steph. Like that's, that is the answer, especially because he'll pull up from half court like you don't need 0. 0.8 seconds. So I love Katie. I'm a Texas fan throwing through, even when it comes to basketball. But uh, to me, it's Steph and and it's
2: easy. Mello? I, I strongly disagree, actually. I'm not even like a, don't say like Texas Homer. Like I'm working from home today and I just threw on a shirt. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, I unshowered.
1: If you're listening to this, Mello shirt. is wearing a Texas shirt right now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so uh, I think it's KD, though. I did love watching him play at Texas, but I'm not a Texas basketball fan. I'm a Duke fan. Um, And I think Kevin Durant is just so hard to guard. That Steph is the best shooter probably ever in the NBA. I think you can find stats to back that up. Uh, And I love his game, and he is very difficult to guard. But Kevin Durant is like seven feet tall. And it comes down to, like, who can you actually put on him? Because if you put a little quick guy on him, he doesn't have the reach to contest that shot. If you put a big guy on him, Kevin Durant can dribble around him and find ways to get open. So I think it's a win-win. Like, either way, you're probably going to hit that shot and you'll be comfortable. But I'm taking Katie in this one, and I don't think it's close.
1: Interesting. So I'll be the tiebreaker. I picked Steph. Steph. Just because and so many people Ooh, were very unhappy with me about this, this choice, because, yes, I do agree that Kevin Durant is like basically unguardable and is a m- mismatched like nightmare. And in terms of matchup, but like KD can hit his shot. I don't necessarily think he hits any shot like Steph hits like circus shots that you are like, that is not going in. Holy shit. It went in. And so if I had 0.8 seconds, that's the guy that I'm I'm relying on being just based on that, because like someone can be guarding him completely and try and shut him down. He still chucks it up and it goes in. I think Kevin Durant is I'm not saying that he can't hit the shot. I'm just saying, like, if I if I if I was looking at odds, I would go with that. And then most people were arguing with me about how, Oh, when they were on the same team, like, you know, Katie was the one taking the shots, which is great, but also like Kevin Durant needed Steph to win a ring. Steph didn't need him and made those shots on his own without him on his team. So I just, that's why I would go with Steph Curry on that front. But um, yeah, I was very curious to hear what your guys' thoughts were Um, especially too, because I think sometimes like in the NBA world, like people super overthink those sort of things and are, are like very focused on like stats and how many times they've hit game winners and things like that. And who's able to guard them and how tall they are and all of that. Um, and so I was kind of curious to get your guys' take, but more basketball for us, the NCAA uh, revealed its top 16. And Melo, you said you're not a Texas basketball fan, but Texas not. made it in the top 16 for the tournament. It's the reveal that shows right. right now, if the season were, if they were putting out a bracket, these are the top seeds. Are you guys, are you rooting for Texas? Because Duke's not going to be there. So what do you,
0: you Yes, know? I am 1000% rooting for Texas. Even though I, I'll admit it, I am the, by far, you two are bigger college basketball fans than me, but I love the tournament. And especially this year where like, we're just going to be stuck at home anyway. So I'm going to watch a ton of basketball and I will be rooting for Texas. I also liked that Shaka Smart, he was such like an exciting hire in Texas. fans like, oh my God, we're going to be good and they weren't for a while but the fact that they were patient with him and now we're seeing that payoff and I know there's like there's been a little stretch you know recently where they they struggled I think they lost three straight following that that OU game but I yes I will watch I'm invested and I hate so badly ku duke north carolina like if you're a blue blood in college basketball i actually hate you and so i'll be rooting for my longhorns
1: good news for you like those teams are team. all bad yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> they know, are it's like all the bad
0: <laughs> none of them this is the best year of my life because all the college basketball blue bloods suck and i'm so happy
1: Melo, are you rooting for texas
2: I am. Like I said, I'm not a Texas basketball fan, but if they're good, I, I'll root for them. I'm very fair weather with Texas. Like, I'm not going to pay a lot of attention with what goes on. If they lose, I'll be like, Oh dang, that sucks. I wish they would have won. But when they are winning, I, I will root for them. If they're playing and I'm watching, I'll root for them. So, so to see them be uh, number four seed in the tournament, I think it's very exciting for everybody who is, you know, football and basketball fans of the university of Texas, but I am going to be heartbroken because I don't think Duke is going to make it into the tournament, and uh, it sucks. But I I love it also because, like Matt said, all these blue blood teams that are the one-and-done school, they all suck this year, and I hate the one-and-done thing. It's so hard to keep track of who the players are on your favorite team. So to see teams like Gonzaga and Michigan and Baylor be able to do it and do it with veterans like juniors and sophomores on this team, I love that. Uh, So I think this has been a great college basketball season especially when you weigh in the fact that there are no blue bloods who are just kicking in.
0: I find myself rooting for Michigan as well. Like uh, our mom is from there. Like we grew up around our mom's family where everybody was a Michigan fan, but like I think it's so cool that they're good again because you know, in the early nineties, like when I really started watching college basketball, they were, there was fat and five, like they were yeah. dominant. And so to see Michigan good again is so cool. Yeah. For me. By the way, it really Michigan, back.
1: Michigan and Ohio State are both very dominant teams, and they play next week. So just maybe watch that game to to prep yourself for the tournament. But it's weird for me to not have Arizona be in it because they self imposed a ban. And I always, I sort of enjoy the tournament more when they're not in it because it's less stressful for me. But I hate to break this to you, I do think the team that is going to come out of this might be Virginia, which is semi a blue blood. But um, I'm sort of kind of a new blood. Yeah, I'm rooting for them because they had like the worst meltdown and most epic loss in all of like March Madness history. Um, But then but yeah, but then also like followed it up with a championship. And I feel like it'd be kind of cool to get a back to back champion that like basically skipped a year. Um, But I think they look really good. It is exciting to see a bunch of different teams in there. I'm not a Gonzaga fan because they think that they run the West Coast in terms of basketball. And I strongly disagree, but I'm looking forward to the tournament. And that was like the first time like watching that show was the first time that I've gotten like really, really excited for this year's tournament and like got my hopes up a little bit because I think I've been like a little nervous that it's going to get canceled and like, cause last year was very traumatizing for me. So um I am super, super excited for the tournament um and excited to watch just like absolute chaos. And also just, I love when people get back into it. I think once it starts, people get really excited again because it is such a unique sports experience. And I'm, I'm very excited to get, to get back into college basketball season.
0: We were actually in Nashville at a bar when that Virginia Game happened, and it was one of the like coolest moments. Just watching people who didn't care at all about Virginia, just like people were buying beers and like handing them out to total strangers. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was chaos in the streets, but it was a great time because of it.
1: Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite memories working in sports because it was the first year that I was actually in charge of March Madness for Bleacher Report and the App Team, and I remember at like halftime we were like is this happening? Like, is this legitimately happening? Because I mean, there's been scares here and there and usually we they pull away and like probably five minutes into the second half, we were like, Oh my God, this is happening. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> really gonna it, was, it was like so emotional because like too, like, it's, it's the first time ever that that had happened. And it was just like, so, I was like, oh my God, okay, here we go. And um, it was probably one of the coolest memories I have being in the office and all of us just being like so excited that this was going down. Um, but yeah, it is, it's is—it's such a cool experience and I love it. And I'm so happy that it's going to be back.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully uh, nothing happens in the meantime.
0: Fingers crossed, right? It's, it seems like case numbers are going down. People are getting vaccinated. its uh, I'm just going to speak it into existence. Yeah, we're, it's on gonna the, happen, we're on the Nullo. downswing yeah. of this thing. You know, last year, Mello, remember we were going to like throw that like, hey, by, by Memorial Day, like maybe we can throw like a post-COVID bash. Maybe this yep. Memorial Day, <laughs> we can throw our post-COVID bash, right? It was like, yeah. we were really optimistic last spring. It's like, oh, we'll get this thing under control. Greatest country on the planet oh, with this thing's ass. <laughs> Boy, were we wrong. Uh, so uh, here's something I actually love you. seeing. Yeah, we got him this year, right? I love this so much. And again, not a big basketball guy. But one thing I am is a LeBron James doubter, hater, hater,
1: go hater. Right? Hater. hater. Yeah,
0: The fact that the NBA issued a flop warning to this dude, I mean, it's it's obscene. He's like a soccer player out there begging for a red card. It's like you bump this dude who's six, eight, two seventy five. And he goes down like uh, like Jose Canseco on rough and rowdy. It's like, oh, I'm <laughs> just, I'm, like, come on, LeBron. And it's like you can't here's my thing you can't say that you are the greatest basketball player of all time the most athletic basketball player of all time when you are the biggest flopper of all time like he couldn't have played in the 90s there's no way that he would have been tough enough to play in the 90s Dennis Rodman would have kicked his ass Kevin McHale would have run him off the court right like his style of play doesn't work 20 years ago I'm sorry it doesn't and so I'm happy that the NBA
2: was like you have to stop doing this I'm glad that we've seen it, too. I hate the flopping. And, like, with LeBron, it is getting out of hand. Like, I know he's not the only person that does it, but I love that the league is finally like, you know what, we're going to send him a warning. I One, I don't know why you get a warning. Like, it should usually just be fined or, like, call the foul on the floor something. But I'm glad that they did it to LeBron because I do think this sends a message to the rest of the league. Like, we're, we're going to stop doing this thing. we got to quit doing it. Uh, so, I hope to see more of it. And before the playoffs get here because if it happens in the playoffs, like, you're, you're hurting your market. Uh, it's tough to watch some of these games because players flop and they, they get away with it. Like LeBron, who barely gets touched and then just flails backwards like he's Ric Flair. It's not a good product to watch, and I, I'm done with it.
1: Yeah, his teammate Kyle Kuzma got one too, and he's a little bit younger, so you got to lead by example there. But um, as someone who used to root for like the most – flopping team in the NBA with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and uh, DeAndre Jordan um and JJ Redick um it's hard for me to to criticize because i rooted for those guys but if we're giving out flop warnings i really hope that James Harden receives one soon because that is the king of all kings in terms of flops and just getting people to foul him yep um, which is very, very frustrating. But yeah, I can't criticize because again, I root for Blake Griffin, love Blake Griffin to death, but major flopper for a while, gotten a lot better so far um, in Detroit. Maybe it's because that's a different brand of basketball there um, historically. But yeah, I, I can't criticize them, but I, I think it's funny that they did give him a warning and, and try to make an example out of LeBron.
0: And it's just like, for me, it's so hard for me to respect you as an all-time great when you're soft
1: interesting interesting so you can respect like deflating footballs but you that, can't
0: that didn't happen you'll never convince <laughs> me that that
2: <laughs> okay was i'm just saying the
0: fact that they were playing in like eight degree weather and that i mean i know you live in northern california It's probably hasn't happened to you but for <laughs> us today like it's one degree outside guess what there will be less air in my truck tires tonight than there was this morning That's just fucking science. It's not, oh, I took air out of a football. Anything that is inflated and left out in the cold will deflate. that's why you need manscaped to make sure it still looks okay. When it's deflated,
2: (laughs) it's cold out there.
0: I was just just saying, if
1: we're going to talk about all time grades and not being able to respect them, there are certain things that come up with these guys um, that maybe people can't respect.
0: It would never do anything wrong.
1: Uh, All right. Speaking of goats, um, Nick Saban spoke to rich Eisen today and he was asked if he would go to the NFL and Nick was like, mm, no, uh, I, he's like, I feel like I have a new team every year. I don't feel like I need to go somewhere else and have a new program. And I like what we've built here. So going back to our conversation from the last episode, right. I do think Nick is going to stay there for the long haul. And as long as he is kicking and healthy, he will be ready to go and coach Alabama, which is very exciting for Alabama fans, fans, and also just kind of exciting for NFL fans to not have to worry about the Nick saving rumors. Cause no matter what, they're not going to be true. He's staying in, in college football.
0: I love that he's done that. It's like, you know what? I tried the NFL thing. I wasn't very good at it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stay here where I'm great. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay. I respect that. Not everybody's made to be an NFL head coach. I think Lincoln Riley could do the same thing. of like, you know what? I'm in a great situation. I get to handpick my quarterback every couple of years. I'm just going to hang out in Norman, Oklahoma, making $8 million a year and not have to – like he could take the summer off. In the NFL, you don't get to do that. So I think these guys –
1: Imagine how big his house is in Norman, Oklahoma with what he gets paid. Sorry. I just like my brain immediately have. Did you guys see the SNL Zillow skit? The like thing where it's like if you like need to get turned on like basically as an adult you like look to Zillow it's if you have not seen it please go look it up it is hilarious because it's so accurate like when I look at Zillow and Realtor and Redfin every single day at like homes that I cannot afford can't afford different locations but now I'm all I can think about is how much how big Lincoln Riley's house is in Norman Oklahoma so if somebody's listening to this please send me a picture because I'm sure Oklahoma fans have them (laughs) yeah
2: yeah
0: we just talked about this the other day of like, I didn't understand there was this phenomena of people who are like, I just hop on Zillow and look at houses.
1: I'm surprised that you Noah don't got me hooked on it. Oh, no, I, I don't have the I'm right personality
0: for that. You know? Cause like, if I see Impulsive, something and I want it, you'll buy no, it. I'm like,
1: <laughs> okay, or it'll
0: like bother me that I can't, you know? So it's, yeah, I, that's not a good thing for me. I need to just like enjoy the house that I live in and it's hard enough, like I have to talk myself into the fact that I'm gonna I still live in Joplin. So like if I start looking at houses other places, that urge to leave is just gonna grow. I don't need that right now. It's just That's not fair. good for me. So okay, let's let's take a little break, pay a little bills, and then we'll be back with our draft crushes
1: all right guys uh we are back with nfl draft crushes since yesterday was valentine's day we're going to keep the love rolling so guys um what who who do we love who do we love who do we want to be on our team on a good team what are we looking at here
0: yeah this for me is always like it's not the best player but it's the guy that you know maybe you have like 30 minutes and time to kill and you're like oh i want to i'm gonna watch film on a player or like sometimes i will nerd out and be like i'm gonna watch highlight videos because i've if you put football to music, I'm gonna watch it. Like I love it. I can't get enough I of it. it so, right? Exactly. So players, it's like, oh, man, I just love watching him play. I'm gonna start with Kadarius Tony, wide receiver from Florida. I was an official Florida fan this year because Texas sucked, and I loved Kyle Trask. But Kadarius Tony is just so explosive, and I did take a little heat throughout the season on Twitter because I was like, this dude's a first rounder. People were like, no way, no way, he's a first rounder over Rondale Moore. Guess what? He's a first-rounder, and it's pretty much a consensus that he will be the fourth one drafted this year, if not higher. So I'm a big Kadarius Tony fan. What he does after the catch, I think it's perfect for what we see in the NFL right now. Like, Paige, our Niners, like, he's a better Debo Samuel. That's the type of prospect I see him being.
1: Rude. I love Debo.
0: Same. But Tony can stay healthy. That's the thing. Uh, Shots fired. Yep. Uh, I didn't know if I was supposed to do all three, so I just did one. I, I'll do all three. I'll this do more. Is more
2: fun this way. No. Nope. Wait. Yes. Go ahead. You go I'll, ahead. I'll go. <laughs> uh, my guy is going to be Patrick Sertan. I've loved him ever since he was a freshman at Alabama, and there's going to be a little bit of a theme of my guys, I just realized. But I, I love his physicality at corner. I don't think we see a lot of guys that can run and be physical – He reminds me a lot of Minkum Fitzpatrick, who was also at Alabama, converted to safety, and now he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. Uh, You talk about just guys you want to turn on and watch play. That's Patrick Sertan for me. To see him come up and play against the screen game the way that he does, uh, to be able to press at the line of scrimmage, I think he's one of the best corners that I've seen in college football. And I hope that translates to the NFL. I want to see him play well. Uh, I, I don't know how great he's going to be. I tend to fall in love with some of these corners, and they're like Jeff Okuda. I thought he was one of the most special players I'd ever seen, and he kind of struggled as a rookie. So I'll be keeping tabs on Patrick Sertan. That NFL bloodline, too, with his father is just awesome to watch. So he is my first draft crush for the season.
1: Mine is going to be Penny Sewell because I don't think he's getting enough love. I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, because he didn't play, that like somehow that's going to make him not the prospect that we thought he was going to be at the start of this past year. Um, And so I think you're getting a guy who has not only potential, but is like already there, like already is going to make a difference and Lord, please let him go to the Cincinnati Bengals and protect Joe Burrow at all costs. Um, But yeah, I think he's not getting enough love. And I feel like a lot of people are a little hesitant because of the fact that they haven't seen him play in a really long time.
0: No, I definitely agree with that. I was doing uh, ESPN radio Sunday morning and they were asked like, why don't people like Justin Fields? It's like people do. It's just, we, we have a little bit of prospect fatigue and with Trey Lance, it's like, Oh, we actually haven't seen you this year. And so it's like, we're just remembering that he is part of this because Saturdays in the fall, it was all about Justin Fields. It was all about Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. And now it's, we're almost getting to the guys who opted out. So I I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, My second one, Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn state. And I think Micah Parsons is a do it all defensive player. I really believe, and I've been saying this for a while, that we're starting to see positionless football in the NFL. And to me, that's Micah Parsons, where is he a Mike linebacker? Is he a weak side linebacker? Is he an edge rusher? My answer is he's a defender and he could play in the front seven, whether that's rushing off the edge, locking up tight ends, playing in space. He's 6'3", 245. And when I talked to people last week where he's training, he's running in the four fours, just unleash that on the field I actually don't think he's that different than Isaiah Simmons from last year it's just again a player who opted out so he didn't get to see the marquee plays but Micah Parsons can play anywhere uh, in the front seven I mean hell he could probably rush over the nose and and be productive there so I love his game I know there's been some talk about off-field issues with him and I have recently done a lot of work on that And what I was told is that he was part of a group that was accused of some hazing when he was a freshman at Penn state and Yidor Grosmatos who was drafted last year was part of that same group. It did not affect his draft stock. I don't think it's going to affect Micah's. Now there were some more serious allegations of, you know, some like sexual assault type hazing that was happening at Penn state at the same time. Everyone I've talked to says that Parsons wasn't involved with that. Grosmatos wasn't involved with that. The player who was, you know, was, was kind of, I don't think it charged, but I know Penn State tried to handle that. So I don't I know that that rumor's out there. You know, people on yeah. Twitter are like, oh, well, the off field. Well, instead of saying off field, let's just address what it is. And it sounds like it was like just some immature hazing, like throwing water on people, you know, stealing their clothes when they were in the shower. Just stupid kid stuff like that, not the more serious stuff that if it we found out he was involved with that, then obviously, you know, there'd be a big repercussion to that.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, he's coming from a program. James Franklin doesn't tolerate those things. Like he's very... He very much holds his players accountable because of one, not only the history of Penn state and the horrible things that have happened there and the fact that he has no choice, but I also think he just is very protective and wants to, to put good men on the field, not just good football players. And so I think that's something that you can get resolved pretty quickly in terms of, if you're a team, you can have that conversation with him and man to man, he's going to tell you the truth about those players. Um, I have worked with Mutur um, Grossmatos. Um, so I do know that he's a stand up guy. I do think that those things happen and things come out but I think that's an easy resolve in terms of getting to the bottom of what happened and and making sure that's not going to be an issue any further and making those guys address it themselves
2: yeah and like you said Paige like NFL scouts are going to go and they're going to ask teammates and players and they'll get the honest answer and they'll still get a chance to interview Michael Parsons but there's no denying what he can do on the football field he's been great since the second he stepped in the Penn State, I, I, he didn't get to start his freshman year, but I still think he was up there in tackles and then had a wonderful sophomore season. Uh, obviously opted out last year, but I'm excited about him. Uh, my next draft crush, though, I think we can all agree on is wonderful, and that is Landon Dickerson, who I hope will be the starting center for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2021. Uh, I, I was late on this guy, uh, falling in love with him, and then I saw him carry Nick Saban, and when he did that, that's when it solidified it for me that this is my draft crush. I want this guy on my team. I want to hang out with him. Uh, I know a lot of the Alabama players loved him. I uh, named captain for the national championship game. And this is a guy that transferred there. He didn't start there as a freshman. He was at Florida state. He transferred into Alabama. So I think that says a lot about who he is as a person and, to uh, have that relationship with Nick Saban to go to the senior bowl and still be highly regarded there. Uh, he seems just like an awesome dude off the field. And when you turn on the tape, He's a pretty awesome dude at center as well.
1: Yeah. And to be just a badass coming into like when you're <laughs> injured to play a game just to do it and things like yeah. that. And to be a captain out there uh, before a national championship was pretty cool. So I'm actually going to change my list. I, because what Ooh. Matt sparked a, a thought, I've talked a lot about Frank Darby out of Arizona State. And I really do think he's going to be a late round like snag for somebody. But somebody I think that another wide receiver that I think. Lost a significant amount of, or his draft stock dipped significantly, was Rondell Moore. And I personally think, like, a healthy Rondell Moore is going to be a steal in this draft because he is he did fall, like, regardless of what you know happened because of injury, not playing things like that, only playing like a couple games this year. Um, I do think he's as good as advertised and as good as he was last year. Um, and I think fully healthy, he's going to be an amazing NFL player. Um, but I do think he's going to fall and it's going to be interesting to see where he lands because I think it's going to be immediate impact for that guy.
0: Yeah. I, I like him and I know that people think, you know, it's like, Oh, you're not very high on him. The injuries, they scare me. They bother me. You know, he's, he's a smaller guy. His true freshman season was one of the best that we've ever seen though. Like he Mm -hmm. was was so dynamic. So I just worry a little bit about the injuries. It's that time of year where we'll, we'll get some clarity on that stuff. You know, they, they will have medicals within the next month and that will help, but Rondell Moore is, yeah, he's a joystick out there. You know, it's just, you can do everything. everything. So uh, everything. Go look at the weight room numbers as well. By the way, remember last night when I was like, what was the thing where I was like, I promise I'm not high, but have you ever thought about how weird blank is? And I couldn't remember what it was. It's the word joystick. I just remembered it. So there it is. <laughs> it's like, it's such a weird word. And I was like, I swear to God, I'm not high. What this is a weird word. Think about it. Okay, so anyway, my final player uh, is Trevon Rig because Melo stole my one I wanted to use, uh, a junior safety at a TCU. His versatility is everything. If you liked Antoine Whitfield Jr. last year, here's a bigger, healthier version of him, right? Like, no injury questions. Uh, I, he could play everywhere, man. He could play star, he could play corner post safety, single high safety in the box. Like he just does everything. And I love that. Like I said, with Micah Parsons, I think we're moving to positionless football in a lot of ways. And to me, Morig is that just that ability to do everything. He's smooth. He's fast. He's fluid. I don't know why he's not getting more love. I think he's a top 20 player in this draft class. Um, again, no idea why he's not getting blown up because I think he's exceptional. He's the best safety in the class. And I mean, Honestly, he's up there where Sertana Farley is the best DB in the class. I don't think it's that big of a drop-off. Um,
2: I, it, he's a guy that I'll have to watch a little bit more of I, because I haven't. I, uh, his teammate, what's, was it Washington? Or Darius Washington. He's tiny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. he was the guy that like stole a lot of my attention. There's a lot of draft buzz around him in the middle of the season. So it's like, all right, I'm going to watch this guy, see what he can do. So I, I haven't done much work on that other guy yet my last one though uh, is a homer pick and it is joseph osai on texas i think that he is a guy and maybe i am just being biased he's gonna be one of the best pass rushers in the nfl draft this year when you look at him and you look at the nfl pass rushers you really you got to be like 250 plus so there's a lot of guys out there that are small i think with joseph osai it's his first season as a pass rusher So, I mean, he's learning all new. He's never been asked to do it before, and he did it at a great level. Uh, One of the, I think, Big Big 12 Player of the Year on the defensive side. So, watching him and the way he's going to develop at the NFL level. Like, imagine if he falls and he gets to work with Vrabel and the Titans. Like, that's going to be a perfect fit. He's going to be like a 12-sack guy, and we're going to be looking back at him saying, why the hell did he fall to pick 20-whatever? So, he's a guy that's definitely one of my favorites could be a lot of bias, but I don't care. Yeah. I don't think it's biased.
1: No, I don't either. Because I remember like during the season, I remember watching a Texas game and texting you guys being like, where do you guys have this guy? Because he is (laughs) like extreme. He's everywhere. He's literally everywhere. And he's so dominant. And you guys said earlier that like where I had, I asked you about him before for some team. I can't remember what it was. And you're like, oh, no, 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 it's not that high. But I do think he is a guy that's going to get picked. And then where we look back on where he was picked and be like, no, we we probably should have yep. pumped him up a little bit more. So,
0: no, I, I really know. I don't think it's bias. Uh, he's just he's rarely do you see someone that athletic work that hard. And that's what I love about this yes. game. Like um, I, I was talking to a scout about him last week and they're like, well, it's kind of a try hard. I was like, are you seriously knocking him for that right now? <laughs> like, <I know>. <laughs> listen to yourself. Like he's a try hard who's athletic and he's still learning yeah. the position. So uh, yeah, people are crazy. So Paige, your final one. I'm My final crush
1: is super obvious. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, I am high, high, high on this guy, Najee Harris. Obviously I am. A huge, I guess you can call me a homer because we're from the same place. I know him, I've worked with him. He um, played for Alabama, won national championships, is the best guy on and off the field. Um, so excited to see where he goes because I will absolutely root for that team, uh, like hardcore root for that team. So get excited wherever Najee gets picked, I will be a bandwagon fan for that team. Um, super excited for him in general and just. I like, can't wait. I just think Najee deserves all the good things. So of course I'm high on him and he's my, my number one NFL draft crush this year.
2: Nicest yeah, player in draft. Nicest player. I, I knew Paige would want it. So I was like, yeah, I'm not putting Najee Harris on my list. You can have that one.
1: Cause he's the best. He's so nice.
0: <laughs> he is absolutely the best. Oh, okay. We have some questions so Let's get into these hashtag paging two guys. You can send these in. Uh, also, we are appreciating the uh, Apple Podcast reviews. We love those. Thank you guys for your support, um, even when they're bad. Even when they're bad, someone's knocking at my door. This is great podcasting right now. Watch, they're going to hit the ring doorbell next. Just wait for it. Nope. It, okay, that's good. Good to go. So, okay, we're free. I guess they so, probably heard you. And I, oh,
2: well, I guess we're not going to do that now,
0: <laughs> right? Yes, we're not doing that now. Watch, Emmett will come running any second. I hear him coming. Here he comes. All right. Let's uh, get to the first question. And uh, Corey Seeley, if Kyle Pitts falls, there it is. Told you. (laughs) Trying to work in here, people. If Kyle Pitts falls and top four quarterbacks are gone at number 12 overall, do Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco take Pitts with the best player available approach? Corey, why are you trying to turn me on on a Sunday night when it's cold outside? They would, but he won't be there. There's no way Kyle Pitts will be there at 12.
1: Interesting. So somebody asked me, I was on a a, a podcast, um, a 49ers podcast, and um, they asked me this question that, if do you take Kyle Pitts? And I was like, uh, I mean, yes, but I like if in this case, yes, because their quarterbacks are gone. But if the mm-hmm. quarterback is still an option, then no, 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 we're going to we're going to go that route.
0: Right. If the top four quarterbacks are there, one of the top four, like if Trey Lance is there. You take take him. him. If Justin Fields is there. You take him. I don't see
1: any way that could be. This is a a random thought, but Mello has has somehow worked his way into my head and convinced me that Trey Lance is is QB two. Like I, it like happened so fast. I didn't even know it. I was like talking about it and I was like, Oh my god, why am I so high on Trey Lance? And I'm like, right. "Damn it, Melo, this is no. your fault." <laughs> like, this is his fault. He convinced me that he's that quarterback that we saw the year before and that I should just like forget the tape of the one game that we saw him this year. And I was like, Dang "Doesn't it. count." Yeah. Oh, that look. one
0: doesn't count for me. See, no, uh, I'm on that Mello, train. I as the non-Niners fan here, what do you what do you think?
2: I actually like that fit a lot for the 49ers. And I like it a lot for Kyle Pitts too because He doesn't have to play in line. You still have George Kittle there who can be your traditional tight end. And Kyle Pitts gets to do what he does best, which is be a big physical receiver on the outside. So, and if you want to move Kyle Pitts in and play a little bit of tight end, like who better to work with than George Kittle, like teaching you how to block and making you want to be a blocker. And I know that a lot of people will be like, oh, Kyle Pitts can do all those things that he can, Like every player can block, but can you do it very well? And I just don't think that Kyle Pitts is going to be your traditional tight end. But for him to land on the 49ers where they need another receiver that's big and can stay healthy, I would like that fit a lot for them.
1: Yeah, I I think if we're going to have a quarterback that can't really throw very far and accurately, then um, it would be nice to have someone who could body the other person and have yep. two guys like that. That would absolutely be insane. And I think the Shanahan would just have a field day with all of the, the offensive weapons there. So I, I agree.
0: Or you trade George Kittle and Nick Bosa for Deshaun Watson.
1: Both of them?
0: Ooh, keep pick 12 and be like, here. No, guys.
1: no I don't like that no please don't do that
0: I would do it I would not really quarterbacks I'm are hard to find to you give give Nick so
1: give Nick to in to the 12th pick do not give George and Nick no
0: Kittle's like my favorite player in the NFL I know but no Deshaun I, Watson Deshaun Watson like, would immediately become my favorite player in the NFL if he were the Niners quarterback like I'd be I'd buy a jersey and you guys know I'm against that no no, like, We're good.
1: No, I'm like, don't
0: no, do don't do it. Please, no. Like, move on. All right. At G underscore Titan on Twitter. Everybody knows the edge is a huge need for the Titans. Who do you see as best fits? Free agency and draft. So I I see this as a team that would really struggle in free agency to go after the Yannick and Shaq Barrett's, if he actually hits the market. I look at this as a, a team that they've really tried to build through the draft and then they re signed their own good players. So Melo mentioned Joseph Osai earlier. I think that's a very good uh, landing spot. Jalen, excuse me, Jalen Phillips out of Miami fits the size that they want. There, 6'5", 265. I think Gregory Russo's probably gone. Quiddy Pay maybe an option. Probably a good chance that he's gone out of Michigan. Um, Azizo Jelari, I think he's too small for them because Harold Landry on one side is a, a smaller guy. And I remember talking to Mike Grable at the combine last year about. Like, what do you want in an edge rusher opposite Landry? And he's like, well, we need some size. We need a big guy over there to balance things out. So as good as Ojalari is, I do really like him. I would rule him out just based on size.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you, too. And with Ojalari I wonder how many teams are going to look at him. And, I mean, if he weighs in under 240 pounds, that's going to be really tough to overlook for a lot of teams, especially teams like the Titans. I mean, he's pretty much going to be pegged into a role where you're only a 3-4 pass rusher. And I do want to see what he weighs in it. I know he was listed at 240 at Georgia. Um, I don't know if I believe it, though. So we'll see. But I do think the guys that you mentioned, there are a lot of big edge rushers in this class. And somebody, I would think, has to be available. Maybe even uh, Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa, who, uh, Matt, I know you get a lot of questions about him, too. I view him as an edge rusher. I I think that he's a guy who can be very versatile and drop back in zone coverage or do what you need him to. But I would draft him as an edge rusher. It's hard to find those guys. And when you have a guy who's 6'4", 260, he's that athletic, have his ass get after the quarterback. You can find the linebackers that can drop in coverage. The premium position is getting after the quarterback. So that's where I would look at a Zayvon Collins type guy.
1: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think this is a need you can fill in the draft, especially with Brable. Like, I just think that's the way, the route you go in terms of how deep it is, um, and and for that I there's no need to to look into free agency. I would go draft easily on this front.
0: Yeah, I just think that's the smarter way to build, and they're yep. they're not they're not in a rush. You know, they're they're fine there. Uh, next question for an address. rush ah, <laughs> pun intended. At Kenny Snyder seven, what's a realistic Ooh. free agent slash draft pick new starting five for the Kansas City Chiefs? Imagine Eric Fisher out for the year with that torn Achilles. And Mitch Schwartz retires. So you're returning guys like Nick Allegretti and Lucas Nying, who they drafted in the third round last year, uh, but opted out of this season. Mellow, I'll let you take this one first. Well,
1: yeah, no, I, I have a I'm question sorry, first. Is Fisher like out fully for the year? Like that's a yeah. thing. Okay. I they haven't said it, but he tours
0: Achilles okay. so late in the year that, yeah.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. I don't think he's a guy that you can count on for next year. With that injury, it's just going to be so tough and like you said Mr. Schwartz on the other side of the ball it's going to be rough but I think Matt you laid it out really nicely in your mock draft that you did they have to address the offensive line position with I think two picks and hopefully they're two you know their first picks uh Landon Dickerson at center boom right there's the interior and then maybe grabbing a guy later at tackle they can maybe play left or right I don't know what you're getting with Niang. I don't know if they've used him as a guy that is going to be a future left tackle because he's going to be thrust in that position next year or maybe he plays right tackle. But I think you have to come away from the draft with somebody that can play on the interior, either guard or center, and a tackle. And free agency, there's some good offensive linemen out there. I don't know that the Chiefs have the money to go after any of them. So I think we're going to see a lot of these guys have to return and play a lot. So it's going to be tough. Hopefully they can hit it in the draft because they desperately need to.
0: Yeah, I even with the like Mahomes discount, you know, of like, oh, everybody wants to play there. I, I still – I mean, I don't think Joe Tooney is going to take a deal to go to Kansas City to play for Mahomes, right? It's like that's just – I don't feel like with this offensive line group or uh, Taylor mountain, the, the right tackle from the Carolina Panthers, who's a free agent, uh, I don't know that they are going to pay – they can't pay a guy who's going to set the market. You know, same with Trent Williams, a veteran left tackle who's a free agent, can't afford these guys. And, and it's just not the way they've built this team. They have to hit through the draft. something Like you said, Mello, we do a daily radio show in Southwest Missouri. We talk a lot about this Chiefs roster. They're the greatest quarterback on the planet. The rest of the roster is a little bit scary. They have to start hitting on, on draft picks. And even, you know, the, the second-round picks a couple of years ago, Juan Thornhill and Nicole Hardman, right out of the gate, it was like, holy shit, they got two pro bowlers. And then this year, Juan Thornhill coming back off injury, didn't really do a whole lot. Michael Hardman has moments, but he didn't really take that next step. So it's a roster that I, I think people have to be aware of. Like, this is, it's not going to be easy to sustain this thing. They're going to have to get some, to go players in the early rounds.
1: Guys. I feel like we're a little biased because every time someone asks if they should do it in free agency or the draft, we're like draft draft for sure. Guys, it's, go it's just a the smarter
0: draft. way too. like, I mean, you, you can Buffalo did this. They kind of bought slash drafted an offensive line and mm-hmm. it, it worked, it worked. Okay. Tennessee's done another a a team that's done it the other way like they've drafted an offensive line it's worked pretty well but you you have to commit to it and Kansas City has six picks this year they have so very little draft capital they don't really have a guy that you could trade to get extra capital they Mm -hmm. have no salary cap money so it's like yeah you have to hit on these draft picks they're like I think they're I don't want to get this number wrong I want it they're like 40 million dollars over the cap as it stands right now so uh, we'll see where the cap actually ends up right Uh, because that hasn't been decided yet but like they keeping this roster fresh is not going to be easy for Brett Beach and his crew.
1: Yeah, and if they need insight, they can go to thedraftscout.com and um, boom, subscribe and get all right. those picks there if you need them. Just in case you're wondering, I think can.
0: Mahomes can afford the seven dollars a month. I think is
1: I think he already good. subscribed? I feel like he should be subscribed and put that out there that he subscribes. To. You
0: know, he got he got one comp to. You know, I feel oh. like uh, I, I actually hit him up. It's like I know you have some downtime with the toe, so here's okay. a little reading material.
1: Here's a little so reading material when you're a awake at three AM after you have a kid. Um,
2: right? Oh, that what you should have right? done is like sent him the link and been like, "Hey, man, like this is only seven hundred dollars a month. You want to kick <laughs> in on it? Here I oh right. Yeah, like that's nothing. Seven hundred. Sure. I think
0: I think he's still, you know, small small town kid. He'd be like, "You're crazy." Like, you're not that good of a writer, buddy. Uh, last last question, and this is one we get all the time. I like this question from Ben Money Morris. What's the best way to get into NFL scouting? So we had AJ Highsmith on a couple episodes ago. You can go back and listen to that because we did ask him that question. It is so much based on who you know. So if you're in college, the thing that you should do immediately after listening to this episode is apply for internships with your college's athletic department, whether it's with the AD. With the football program, you have to build those connections. Going from being a guy who loves to draft on Twitter to working for an NFL team really doesn't happen. I don't know one person who got into it that way. It's always these days through internships. So you could do a training camp internship with an NFL team. You can do that while you're in college. You can try to intern and work at your college in the recruiting department, in the training staff, like whatever, quality control. Just get around a football program and start working. Um, and the, the, like bitter reality of this is there are 32 teams, each team probably has about 15 scouts. You can do the math. It's not very many jobs. So not to discourage you, but there are other avenues that similar job, not NFL scouting. If you're in college and you like watching film, maybe consider going down the recruiting path. Those recruiting departments are paying better than NFL scouting departments are right now. So it is, uh, there's not as many jobs there either, but if you, if you just want to work in scouting, the college side is another avenue that's really opened up in the past five years for people.
1: Yeah. Mellow, any tips?
2: I think that's about it. And If you're looking at like the media side of it, uh, I think that usually what we say is like, don't wait to get your shot and start doing it because uh, nobody's yep. just going to be like, you know what? I do like this guy from Twitter. Let's give him a job and let him start writing. Now you're any time you apply for a job, they're going to want to see your work. So start doing it. Start, you know, even tweeting out your scouting reports or uh, creating your own website. That's the way Matt got in on it. So uh, don't wait would be my advice. Get started on it now because nobody's going to give you a shot if you're just sitting around waiting for it. Yeah, right. We know how easy it is to launch a
0: podcast, right? It doesn't take long. It's easy. You're like, hey, we came with a name. Next week we had a podcast, right? And it's not hard to launch a website. I decided to leave Bleacher Report in June. I didn't know until December what I was going to do post Bleacher Report. And I had the site like up and running in two days. And I'm not a computer programmer. So there's resources out there. There's graphic designers willing to help you. So yeah, Yeah. don't wait is is great advice.
1: Yeah, I would say put yourself out there. Like, Don't hesitate to reach out, slide in someone's DMs. Um, My big piece of advice though is don't ask someone to pick their brain. Um, I think you need to ask for more than that, be like, Hey, can I help you with something that you're doing on this side? Like if you reach out to Matt and you're like, Hey, can I like see how you do this process or whatever, as opposed to just like talking about it. Um, because I think getting that like genuine experience and getting out there is super important. So if you go shadow someone and actually see them in the the thick of it, that's usually a better way to tell how, um, and where you want to end up in the sporting world. Um, but I would agree that like, It is who, you know, so just like one, no one is too small in this business and no one is too big in this business. Um, like treat everybody equally. Like if you're excited to talk to Matt, like be equally as excited to talk to someone who is just starting their NFL draft blog. Um, because those people, you just never know where they're going to end up and how things are going to unfold. So I would just say, um, do your due diligence and and be respectful to, to everyone you sort of encounter on that front.
0: That is huge. And I tell people all the time that like, um, like Twitter is your resume these days right so like be respectful like you don't have to just like agree with everything Mel Kuyper says but like no one like ESPN is not going to hire you if they've seen you talking shit to Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper like that's not going to impress them so you can have a difference of opinion but you have to do it respectfully and I that's sometimes really lost on people on Twitter I mean like I've had folks like swing at me before and they'd be like hey can you help me get a job it's like no <laughs> I'm, I'm not
2: going to do that. Read that last dm you sent me douchebag yeah right it's
1: like, also nah, pro tip don't ask a girl that works in sports to help you get a job if you're a dude don't like flirt with her and then be like oh by the way is bleacher report hiring because yeah, i'm going to tell you you're going to get blocked. blog <laughs> you'll get blocked so quick it's happened to me multiple right. times is...
0: oh well don't yep yeah, don't do that don't do that uh, but what you should do make sure you subscribe to the show make sure you check out our presenting sponsor manscaped and wash it down with a boulevard that's that's it mellow's got the sign behind him today and i will tell you after the weekend i'm not drinking again for a couple of days so taking a pause on the boulevard a little time out
1: and then
0: we'll get pause, back into enjoying it
1: enjoying the snow well like. stay warm guys yep
0: we will indeed and we will talk to you guys friday morning